Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. After this brief intro, you'll hear the audio from our latest live Instagram Q&A. Our live sessions are so much fun. We basically Mm -hmm. show up and connect, commiserate, and build skills alongside our upbringing community. Folks write in ahead of time or chime in with questions and struggles around kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors. We typically explore five to 15 questions and offer our take, our instincts, our goals, helpful phrasing, and ways to parent with alignment and integrity using our resist approach. Thank you for being here and for supporting us. And if you'd like to give your family and upbringing some extra support, please visit our website at upbringing.co to learn about our upcoming membership community, as well as our shop, which is now full of informative guides and inspiring prints based on everything we've shared here on the podcast these past two years. Wow. Two years. (laughs) Thanks for growing up alongside us one conversation at a time. Here we go. Hey everyone, I'm Hannah. This is Kelty. Hello. We're upbringing. Um, we're live here to talk about taming our triggers, taming your triggers, taming our kids' triggers. Mm-hmm. We're all, all feeling a little things. triggered. Mm-hmm. We like talking about spirited and sensitive kids and how we can show up and grow up in supporting them using powers beyond control instead of that kind of like patriarchal, uh, kind of white, you know, supremacist yucky, uh, toolbox. Mm-hmm of control, consequences on my terms, now threats, rewards, overpower, lectures, shame, blame, spanking, you know the drill. Try not to do that shit. Most of us were raised with a control toolbox Mm -hmm. and most of us don't want to use the control toolbox with our kids because we know the research and we're just learning the research Mm -hmm. now. And we're also reconnecting to a part of ourselves that says, this doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. This doesn't feel right. What else can I be doing? Yeah. How can I be showing up with powers beyond control? Mm-hmm. Right? Or something that a lot of our, our folks we work with in the spirited kids clubs notice control doesn't work on our spirited kids. It doesn't even fucking work. It fucking backfires. It is backfires. What it, does. it sucks. Yeah. So not only is it just disrespectful, the control toolbox, but it's unproductive, mm-hmm. right? So it's, we're talking so much about an upbringing. We want to parent for sanity and social change. We want to parent for the moment and we want to parent for the future, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what this is about is saying, how can we be doing both of those things at the same time? How can we align the present and the future, right? To, to work with us, to work with our kids. Yeah. And how can we right? be thinking about the ways that we're interacting within the home and 
creating a change outside of it? How can we be thinking about the ways that we're supporting our kids tuning in inside themselves that will then affect their behaviors outside of themselves, Mm -hmm. right? It's all connected. We were talking at our Spirited Kids Club this morning about how we're all just a big bundle of nerves, of of receptors, of sensory receptors. Like we humans. We're these organs, yes, or animals, or right? But I mean, but I think that working with our nervous systems is huge and and also working with our kids' nervous systems, but it Mm -hmm. begins with us. And so that's what we're talking about this week too, is saying before we can help our kids understand what their needs are, work on more adaptive ways to communicate or show those needs, we got to work on our own needs. We got to work on our own nervous systems. Mm -hmm. We have to essentially tame ourselves and our own triggers in order to support our kids in that way. So hard. Someone says at school, they can zone out the adults and follow each other, but at home, especially for only kids, Mm -hmm. it's a horrible time to be spending so much time at home and distance from the community. Are you struggling with that? Yeah. Are you struggling yeah. to be home alone with your kid too? We hear yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Let us know what's going on. Yeah. We're um, highlighting our colleague, Jen, uh, from Your Parenting Mojo, her upcoming course workshop, uh, Taming Your Triggers. That's what we're talking about tonight. We cannot <laughs> speak more highly of. Right. We have not created a course or workshop around parent self-reg, essentially, mm-hmm. calming ourselves so we can calm our kids. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. she has created this course, and that's why we're promoting it, because yeah. we really believe in it. We we work with so many people who are like, okay, yes, the resist approach. Okay. Progressive parenting. Okay. I'm trying to align. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm trying to align. I get it. I'm going to do it, but I can't because I keep losing my shit at my kids because I'm so triggered or so flooded in the moment, Mm -hmm. right? I'm hijacked my body, my nervous system, my brain, my beliefs. I can't breathe. All I can do is yell or shut that shit down. What do I do? Right. So, so check our link in bio. You can read more about yeah. the course. Um, Jen is amazing. Her soft, wonderful British voice is so like just calming. reassuring yeah. and calming. Mm-hmm. She's gonna she's gonna dive and into all. She's a all research the... master too. Yeah, so. she totally is. Yeah, we highly recommend it. What's going on with all of you? Let us know what's happening right now with your sensitive and spirited kids. We've got a little bit. You can probably tell we're very hot. So we'll see how long, what our stamina is like tonight. (laughs) But it's so good to be here with you all. It really is. Let us know what you're struggling with. What's happening? Spirited, sensitive kids, big feelings, Mm -hmm. challenging behaviors. What's mm-hmm. going on? We were mentioning in our Spirited Kids Club again this morning how what's what people are like, Tan and Kelty, what is all of this about sensitive and spirited kids? What do you mean? Is that a label? You mean like strong-willed or like defiant or like pain in the butt mm-hmm. or like manipulative, kids? right? High maintenance, yeah. particular. And we're like, no, spirited, spirited mm-hmm. and sensitive. Sensitive in how they experience the world. So they the intake, the intake, mm-hmm. the input is very, oh, so much. So they feel things really deeply, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot going on. Yeah, they might be more sensitive to sounds, smells, textures, groups of people, tone busy of voice, schedules, face. tone of voice, all these right. things where you just want to be like, what's your problem? You are so sensitive, right? right? And then, so they internalize the world a certain way, and then they express that experience in another way, which we call spirited, right? So that's resisting, saying no. They're the ones that are the hitting, kicking, biting, naked, resistant, persistent. Yeah, high uh, energy, that repetitive, right? naggy, naggy, poke, poke, That touch, we love touch. so damn much. We love them Gotta so much. Say it. Yeah. So that's the sensitive spirited dichotomy that we're talking about. They're two sides of the same coin. Sensitive, how they receive, right? Um, input 
and experience the world mm -hmm. and spirited in how they express their output essentially. Mm -hmm. And that's all okay. That's all beautiful. Our culture tells us it's wrong to shut that shit down. Mm -hmm. Right. But research shows we want to work with their sensitivities. Mm -hmm. We want to work with their, their spiritedness, not because we're permissive shit bags. Right. Mm -hmm. But because if we can help them understand their bodies, their needs, right. Their limitations, their gifts mm -hmm. and others, right. Then they can go into the world really adaptively, really successfully as very resilient little mm -hmm. beings, yeah. right. Without compromising that spirit inside. Who right, they that are. matters. That authenticity, right? Yeah. We don't want to distance our kids from their authenticity. Right. Yeah. So someone said, so glad I found you. How can I get my husband on board with respectful parenting and all of this? Two things. One, he can join the call right now and go grab him. Mm -hmm. You can just say, join the call. We will talk to him right now if you want to. Yeah. Bring him on. Right. Number two, you can take him to therapy. We love therapy. Always high five. Love couples therapy. therapy. Yeah. And number three, just keep modeling what you want to see more of, right? That's what, that's what we do with our kids as well. It's bring hard. Him, bring them in, mm -hmm. figure out ways you have the shared values. We have a, mm -hmm. a, what is it? Parenting or caregiver clashes episode mm -hmm. on our podcast that could be supportive with this. Yeah. Um, where we talk about saying, where do we, you know, share the same values with mm -hmm. the same intentions, how we go about it. Let's talk about that. Right. Mm -hmm. And our partners are coming from their own childhoods, their own conditioning. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Their own, um, you know, what's the, what's the word male, uh, like that mask, you know, that they have to put oh, on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, someone mentioned in speaking about triggers, so often it happens before I even know it, but usually I can notice it's happening to me because my needs aren't met. Yes. Yeah, and that just brings us around to the topic of like awareness is the name of the game. Even if we're yelling at our kids, but we're aware I'm yelling and I don't want to be yelling. That's huge. That's amazing. Even if we're like, oh, I yelled and this thing happened or I sent them to their room or I'm pretty sure I made them feel really bad for who they are and what they did. And that wasn't really my intention. That's great too. Wonderful post-processing. Mm -hmm. That's awareness building too. All of those things are contributing to making that space bigger mm -hmm. and earlier in the interaction. That's something Jen talks about in the Taming Your Triggers course. Yeah. I have something in my eye. Oh, sorry, Kel. Someone else says, three and a half year old that really just started the last few weeks being extremely defiant and not listening and hitting. She's so sweet oh. and kind most of the time. Mm. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm sweet and kind most of the time <laughs> and sometimes not just, so much, just right? Saying, yeah. And I think that this, this alludes to the, the, the idea that a lot of folks are born, they have kids that are born spirited, sensitive. They're mm -hmm. crying all the time. Nothing it feels right. Never can mm -hmm. do and meet their needs in the right way. And then there are other kids who, by the time they get two, maybe three, things mm -hmm. have been going so smoothly. They're so easy going. They're such a quote unquote good baby, I hate good toddler. We're such quote unquote good parents. Mm -hmm. And then they get to a point, three, three and a half, uh, maybe school's starting. Maybe there's a new baby in the house. Maybe mm -hmm. a new caregiver going on. Or maybe just they're developing and yeah. coming into their own. Or in like a, a global way. pandemic and lots of stress through the house. Sure. And uh, they're not so sweet anymore, right? Mm -hmm. And that's totally okay, yeah. right? We have to keep remembering that our kids' behaviors are beautiful information for us as their support mm -hmm. caregivers, right? Yeah. And that we have to look beneath those behaviors and look at their stress language. So those behaviors that we want to be focusing on so much, we have mm -hmm. to say, I'm going to set those aside. Thanks for the heads up. Something's going on. I'm going to go underneath those behaviors and say, what's at play? How can I support them when they are acting defiant, right? 
not listening, hitting, aggressive, all these mm-hmm. words that we condition to put on our kids' developmentally normal behaviors. Mm-hmm. And what's, what's at play? How can yeah. I support them? Just as like when they were a baby crying, right? Mm-hmm. Crying baby, three-year-old hitting. Yeah. Crying baby, three-year-old defiance. Crying baby, three-year-old not listening. That is a three-and-a-half-year-old saying, I need help. I need connection over correction. I need support to feel safe in my body. Mm -hmm. I'm not feeling good, mom. What's going on? I don't know what to do. I'm going to do whatever a three and a half year old developmentally needs to do right now, which is those three things, not listening, defiance and hitting. Yeah. And I don't want, um, it's so hard sometimes we're like, well, they're sweet most of the time, but then they're like this and that just ruins the sweetness or puts them at odds. Mm. And I just want to remind everyone can be both, right? Just like we are. I'm all kinds of things. I'm very multifaceted. I'm very sweet. It's I'm very human. loving. Human, you I'm mean? very kind. I'm also very defiant. I often don't listen to people. I don't do much hitting, but uh, I do verbal hitting, right? We all do. We're all human. We're all multifaceted. And that doesn't take away from the sweetness, mm-hmm. the generosity, the loving parts of, of our being. It's all good. And yeah, not, not more. but or yeah. but, right? Someone else said, started swimming lessons this week, and my kid is completely refusing to participate. He told the lifeguard today that he doesn't need to do anything he doesn't want to. Oh, this kid sounds amazing. We started uh, uh, swim lessons last week mm-hmm. with our four kids, who are four, five, seven, and seven. And uh, yeah, it was going really great for Hannah's kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, um, well, her daughter had a little bit of trouble at the beginning because all the grandparents showed up and were like kind of peanut gallerying a little bit. Cheering. And she just felt a little and self-conscious. We don't do cheering or praising or a lot of that stuff. So, so she, she was a little like, that's not cool. She was like objectified. She's yeah. horrified. Horrified. <laughs> but but through the week, they did pretty great. And then there are my kids that they are a little more well. spirited. They did they well. They did well. Quote, unquote. My kids didn't do well, quote unquote. But they did great too. They quit halfway through. Well, at the beginning or halfway through or at the end of every single session, right? And that's great too, right? Our job in that in those moments were to just build context. Oh, you didn't like the way that the the instructor, what did what did my daughter call her? Something stupid face or something. Let's just say that this this like 14-year-old lifeguard swim instructor didn't have the most nuanced delivery in inciting per- cooperation, participation, subtly suggesting um, you know, ways to kind of shift my daughter's body or try things a different way. Right. And I think that we could really easily in those moments when something's not working mm-hmm. out so well for our kids, we can go into kind of the rigid or the permissive or the helicopter or the hardcore, mm-hmm. let's say the hardcore parent will be like, you signed up for these lessons. I'm paying you for made these. a commitment. Let's you do it. You need to fucking do this. Mm-hmm. And the more like helicopter would be like, I'm going to talk to the teacher and tell her to treat my daughter a different yeah. way. Or you don't right? have to do it. Let's just not do it. Okay. Right. Don't worry. Swim lessons. Oh, no, never they mind. were terrible there. Right. Yeah. And finding the middle way especially with our spirit and sensitive kids. This is the beginning of Mm -hmm. a very long road where we have to, instead of saying, I'm going to force them to do this, or I'm going to tell them no worries, get out of there. I'm going to blame the the lifeguard teenager. Mm -hmm. What's that middle way? How can I be helping to build my kids skills Mm -hmm. and awareness in these moments? So what did that look like? Yeah. I think that, that so much of it is just helping our kids become like a conscientious consumer of their own stuff, whether it's their, right, whether it's their healthcare, whether it's their you know school stuff, whether it's their swimming lessons, 
they are there to be served by someone else to learn. They don't owe anything to anyone else, right? And they're in relationship essentially with another person where if something's not working for them, Mm -hmm. they don't blame and they don't leave. Mm -hmm. They can engage in a safe way. And our kids struggle with that. So a lot of it was that middle dance of, well, do you want to mention something to the teacher? Do you feel like she'd be receptive? No, she's just terrible. Okay. What else could you do? Like what else, what could we do to make this work? Do you like swimming? Do you like some parts of it? And just being neutral. Mm -hmm. I got no skin in this game. I'm just here. I just want to support you. Let's try to make this work. Your voice, Kelty, becomes their inner voice Mm -hmm. and helping them navigate conflict someday. Mm -hmm. When something's not working out for them, they're not going into shame or blame territory. They're not going into the victim, aggressor, rescuer triangle, Mm -hmm. right? They're just saying, hmm, this isn't feeling right for me. What can I do? Mm -hmm. I'm going to get curious. I'm feeling comfortable. I'm feeling safe in this indecision of, can I make this work? Yeah. Is, so the, is the getting in the swim lessons learning more important than how the teacher talks to me? I don't know. I have to find out. Yeah. That's a value judgment for each person who's participating. So yeah. my son sat on the side for the first four days and got his feet wet and watched. My daughter got in, but grumbled a lot. Then she started quitting halfway through or partway through Yesterday, I think she got out a third of the way through and then rejoined at the end when they were jumping in. She was just making it work for her. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a reminder that anything we want to have a positive association for our kids with, I want her to want to swim, to enjoy lessons, to enjoy taking risks and stepping outside her comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to happen if I'm forcing it or giving her a scapegoat way out. It's that tricky, sticky middle way. It's just so hard where we have to sit in it with them. You know, it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's really hard. My grandmaster spirited child just informed me that she has been watching your classes and thinks you were doing an amazing job. (laughs) Thanks, Merit. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks so much, Mirabelle. She's like... Oh, gee. Oh, I mean, damn. She is our poster girl. Just Mm -hmm. like love her to death. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, Let's see. Swimming lessons. Take that dive. Yeah. So we're just, we're still in the middle of the swimming lesson thing. Mm -hmm. Every day is different and we can just sit in it and be a little uncomfortable and have a lot of question marks and wonder, will they go? Will they get in? Won't they get in? It's all okay. And if we don't like doing all of this, then we shouldn't pay for swim lessons right now. I think so often because there's the monetary thing involved. We're like, I paid for it. So it has to happen. Well, what is the lesson here? Is it to swim or to advocate for yourself with other people in a class context? Mm -hmm. That's a really awesome learning experience as well, right? Really, really important. A lot of lessons going on in all of these challenges or these quote unquote setbacks. And that lesson can be to us too in thinking, Mm -hmm. especially for those younger kids. Okay, maybe they're not quite ready for lessons yet. Maybe they're still a little flaky and we've tried to get to the bottom of how we can support them and it's not really working. They're just not feeling it. And that's news to us too. And it doesn't have to be a shame thing to them. I guess you're not ready for lessons then. Or, <laughs> wow, I can, we won't be doing this for a while. No more ballet, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But we can just be like, noted. We'll try again another time. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Love it. Yeah. Someone asked, how do we help the child to express anger without hitting their siblings? Mm-hmm. We stop them from hitting their siblings as often as we can. Physically, right? not verbally. Right. We, we inter- intervene, right? Yeah. We stop the hand. We, we interrupt right? The cycle in their brain of anger, hit, anger, hit, right? Shaming them, punishing them is not going to interrupt that cycle because mm-hmm. they don't have the prefrontal cortex built yet. So we, we have to actually be that prefrontal cortex for our kids in mm-hmm. these moments when they can't, uh, 
withstand those strong impulses because they don't have the brain built yet to do that. So we are their brain stepping in and saying, I'm going to stop you. Oh, you're angry. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. What can we do to help? I hear you want to hit right now because you feel overwhelmed or you feel frustrated. Mm -hmm. What were you needing? What were they needing? I have a more radical suggestion. How do we help the child to express anger without hitting their siblings? I think accept that anger looks like hitting for a lot of years Mm -hmm. and let that be okay. Mm -hmm. Be there when you can, like Hannah said, but you can't help a child only express their anger without hitting by always being there. It's unreasonable for any adult to always be there to Mm -hmm. support. And I think a lot of it is about acceptance and a lot of it is about trust Mm -hmm. and knowing we're not going to have 15 year olds hitting each other if we're there when we can to be as neutral and loving separate bodies physically and create a safe space for learning. Mm-hmm. That's and, it. And the learning doesn't always happen in that moment. We talk about it a lot, mm-hmm. right? When we interrupt a hitting situation yes. or a really tricky mm-hmm. moment or an impulse our child has that there's learning in stopping it if we can or preventing it. Right. Mm-hmm. So knowing when they're going to be hitting, when they're not feeling good, right. Separating, creating gates, being around when we can, but then when that happens, we're there and we process after right? We do keep everyone safe in the moment as best we can. And then later we say, what were you needing? What were they needing? Right? Our Mm -hmm. kids, because they don't have the prefrontal cortex are taken by surprise by their impulses and by their needs and their feelings. they never know how they're feeling. And then all of a sudden they're overcome with a big feeling and their impulse is to lash out. They go into fight, flight, freeze, basically freak out mode. Right? Mm -hmm. So the work we can do isn't just stopping them in the moment from it happening, right? And rerouting that impulse right? To, from hitting to calm, from hitting to security, mm-hmm. but also creating security in our conversations with them after about what they were needing, creating awareness, mm-hmm. where they were coming from, what was happening, listening ahead of time, noticing when hitting might begin to happen instead of like, la la la, I'm sure they'll <laughs> be quiet. Here, sure they'll hurry. figure it out right. on their own. And getting there before to process and help them before they get to the point of no return, mm-hmm. right? This is a big process we talk about in our big feelings guide. Yeah. And in our resist approach, right? Which you can find on our website and our sip conflict guide as yeah. well. I think it's mm-hmm. easy for us yeah. to be like, okay, this can't be happening. This hitting situation. So I'm a preempt it by saying, you guys need to be safe together. <laughs> you guys, I need to, I need to trust that you're going to take care of your brother and you're not going to hurt him. Okay. Okay. Deal, deal, deal. No brain, no brain. It sounds like yeah. a plan. Not a plan, right? Not a plan. And then afterwards we're like, oh, that was terrible. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I told them what to do and they didn't do it. I don't know why. No brain, no brain, no brain. Right. And we, so we do a grill back and we say, oh, I need you to make a better choice next time. Right. I'm sure we're all familiar to a degree with the, the grill the back. back. The cl- we need to talk, right? This thing, this choice, not good. Not feeling good. very disappointed in you. All these things. <sighs> Hopefully you can uh, work against those impulses and that fraction of a little brain next time without my support and building your awareness or understanding. That's our instinct so often. (laughs) Instead of that, the preparation needs to be on our shoulders to set them up for success. We are accountable as the parents. To get in there early when we hear those squawks and we really don't want it to be happening and we just want to pretend it's not happening and we hope they'll pull it together. We're going to get our asses in there, right? We're going to do the best we can in the moment. And then instead of a girl back at the end, we're going to do a circle back you and your brother were struggling today. Oh, it was hard. I couldn't get in there in time before you hit him on the head, right? I'm so sorry that that happened. What were you needing? What do you think he was needing? I don't know, nothing. Okay. It seemed like it was about a toy or something. It's really hard when you both want something. And I'm sorry that I wasn't there to support you more, right? 
I know that every fiber of our being as parents wants to say, we don't want to put a positive association on something that feels so negative. Why would we try to tie this up with a pretty bow instead of sweeping it under the rug, right? Our instinct says, forget that happened. Let's live in la la land and just hope it doesn't again. And then it does. And we get the chance to really confront it, to really be vulnerable and to be open and say, that sucked. That was hard. What can we do next time? Not what are you going to do, but what can we all do? We're going to normalize it. We're going to be positive about it, but it goes, it runs so contrary to our instincts, which say, don't normalize that. Be negative about that. Don't be positive. But research shows that we want to normalize conflict and we want to be positive about it. It's okay. It's That's safe. the only way if that you're going to work on this shit. The only you need to feel safe about it. The only it. way that our kids will want to learn, will be receptive, mm-hmm. will be open, will be shame resilient, mm-hmm. right? To processing conflict with themselves and with other people. Yeah. That's the goal. Oh my gosh. So many, so many amazing shares yeah. here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we, we, we need to keep moving forward. I feel like we should do rapid fire. Okay. Here. Kelsey and I are melting in this heat. So rapid fire, man. rapid fire. So someone said feeling stuckness in a pattern of unmet needs and dysregulation at bedtime or up in the middle of the night to co-sleep Our two and a half year old ish is really great at communicating and hasn't had no prior sleep issues. So mm-hmm. something's going on for them. They're, you're in a cycle. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. They sound overtired, right? So dysregulation at bedtime, work that bedtime back, mm-hmm. get that going. Purge that nervous system, integrate it, mm-hmm. get the wiggles out, put them on your lap facing you, do dips, panini do press, rollies, right? get a little brush, brush them down like a pony, figure out what your child needs to regulate their nervous system to help with bedtime. That would be our number one yeah, thing. And start earlier because it's summer and everyone's going <clears> later. <throat> right. And then just deal with what we need to do to co-sleep, walk them back to their bed. If you can let them sleep mm-hmm. for a minute, bring them back. No, this isn't going to last forever. Right. It's temporary. They're showing you, they need you. Right. However you can show up in a way that, that keeps your capacity. All right. You know, someone else said, my son is 22 months and he always throws the thing he has when we ask him to put it down because he's not supposed to play with it. Ah, right. <laughs> doesn't matter what it is. And we try to be calm when asking. That's yeah. so great. That's really and great. That, I mean, if go ahead. Oh, are we going to say words aren't enough? Right. Sometimes. And if words are inflammatory or triggering, that's a great thing to notice that maybe you need to get in there physically. I think well, at a certain, at a certain age, we think my words should be enough. They're 22 months. If I say, go pick up that book. Oh my gosh. They pick it up. They're like a little puppy. They bring it right over to me. They get it mm-hmm. right. They get it. This is huge. Whoa. Right. But at, at that point, we still need to be showing a loving follow through, yeah. especially if they're going to hurt somebody or throw something or do <laughs> right. whatever. So that would look like coming over and putting our hand on whatever they're holding mm-hmm. while we say it. I think around 22 months, that's when we're like, uh, 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 Caden, Caden. No, thank you. No, thank you. Caden, Caden, Caden. Right. And that's when I think even when you were calm asking, if mm-hmm. it puts stress on him, be like, oh shit, I'm going to get in trouble. Right. Mm-hmm. He's perceiving stress, t- pressure. He's feeling mm-hmm. stressed. So I think showing him with coming over there and saying, I'm going to help you. Right. Or is it okay that he throws the thing? Great. Yeah. But it sounds like these if are things not- you don't want him to play with. Yeah. In which case, if you want to continue this little cycle, great. Work on it. Be close to him and help him and support him. Or take Put away it the away. things. <laughs> take away the things that are causing these microaggressions, where you're constantly having to tell him no. Right, twenty-two month olds—they're going to get into everything. That's their job, right? Mm-hmm. So unless you can let it be their job, 
you should probably put it away for now. That's your That would be my suggestion. Yeah. I was a spirited child, someone says, so I try to be sensitive to her needs, but sometimes I don't know how to meet them. That's that's the mystery, right? That's the experiment. That is the practice of Mm -hmm. saying, what do you need? You don't always know the answer, so I'm going to have to get put my little investigator hat on, Mm -hmm. right? And, and figure this out. Notice the patterns. Notice the before. Notice the after. Mm-hmm. What's going on? What's their body needing? What's their routine needing? Yeah. Their environment needing? The connection between us. What are they needing? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with musing about it, mm-hmm. right? Regardless of age, whether they're six and they really might be able to get to the bottom of it, or maybe they're a year old. What are you needing right now? I'm wondering. <gasps> what could this be? Right? Like they, when they were a baby, we're like, is it a diaper? Are they hungry? Are they cold? I, are they... I find myself asking yeah. about that with my partner sometimes mm-hmm. or a friend. What? Or my mother-in-law. I'm like, what is she needing? <laughs> Shit. It's like Fort Knox. Can't get in there. Doesn't, she doesn't seem to know or feel comfortable saying it. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the same work we're doing with our kids so that yeah. they don't have to be adults not knowing yeah. what their needs are and not feeling comfortable communicating them to and, people. And last thing about it, there's not always an answer. Sometimes it's just the buildup of a lot yeah. of stressors. Sometimes it's just feeling uncomfortable or like you said before, Hannah, needing to purge stress or integrate their nervous system somehow the way we do as adults. Meditate, shower, jog, you know, scream, cry, sex, therapy, whatever it is. Our kids need that too. So it's not always like, yes, put your investigator cap on, but because there's one root cause. There's not always an answer. We're not always going to get the golden ticket being like, hungry. Right. Like that's not going to happen. more nuanced. I mean, think about it with us. Like the thing that that throws me off and sets me off with my partner Mm -hmm. wasn't that he left his sock on the ground again. It was all the things throughout the day, throughout Mm -hmm. the week, throughout the month, throughout the year, throughout my fucking life Mm -hmm. that are leaning on this moment and catalyst, right? That sock, seriously. Yeah. But that sock. Someone said, my six-year-old was hitting me while I attempted to get him to put on his jammies. Turned out he just needed to poop. Mm. That's a great realization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Our kids don't always know and we don't always know, but we have to honor and respect their resistance as Mm -hmm. valuable, right? We have to stop when our kids say no Mm -hmm. and say, what's at play here? Their resistance is honorable. And it requires us to take a moment and pause and say, is this expectation I have reasonable for them? Is it respectful the way I'm going about it? Mm -hmm. Right? Why are they resisting? How can I support them in understanding this? Understanding themselves. Yeah, I think our cultural conditioning tells us when when our kids resist us, we've got to bypass that. We're going to double down. We've got to double down. We've got to just jump over that resistance to get them to conform or obey or do what we need, even when we're so well-meaning. But our kids' resistance says, consent, consent. This is my life. This is my body. These are my needs. You are the parent with the power and privilege, and I need you to check yourself. My resistance is checking your power and your privilege, right? Yeah, so how can we look at that resistance as beautiful, as something to pay attention to, to listen to? right? To, to value in our kids. Ultimately, we want them to go strong out into the world, knowing what they resist and why we want that to be there. Right. And if we shut it down or bypass it, it's a bunch of confusion in there, Mm -hmm. right? We want our kids to be clear on what they need and why and how to get it. Right. Talk about spirited kids. It's that spirit that resists. It's a very healthy impulse, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want to be shutting that that uh, impulse down. We don't want our kids to go out into the world and say, huh, oh, huh, oh, huh, no, right? Or to think about that for other people. Nope. Just, nope. Nope. No conversation because I said so. 
right? Because I'm Whether, above you in power. Depending on wherever they are in power, we don't want them to believe that that's okay. Everybody's needs matter. Whether they're at the top of the food chain or the bottom of the food chain, and especially yeah. being white, cis, you know, straight, able-bodied, privileged women, currently yeah. able-bodied, privileged yeah, women. Mentioned. Yeah. Uh, it's really important for us to be working with our kids around power in this way so that they know not just how to experience it from someone above them, but also as privileged people to say, this is how I want to use my power for good, mm-hmm. right? And not abuse it. Yeah. Someone said, what are some tips to reel ourselves back in as parents in moments of frustration or confusion? That's and a great question. We would recommend the Taming Your Triggers yeah. workshop. It's a link in bio. We highly recommend it. It's open for enrollment this week but it helps to do all of that work. Say, what are my triggers? Why do I struggle? Mm -hmm. Why do I feel the need to be blah and then reel myself back? Mm -hmm. It's such a common thing. We're all experiencing it, right? None of us um, is is exempt, right? To this this trauma that a lot of us have experienced in childhood. And a lot of us are realizing, gosh, I need these skills. Gosh, I need to be, or I wanna be aligning and approaching my kids and their challenging behaviors and big feelings in this one way but I'm being held back. I've got blocks. Mm-hmm. I've got things that I need to be working on. And that's what the Taming the Triggers course really does is helps address those blocks. What are the beliefs that are getting in the way? What's the reparenting work that needs to be done? What, um, how, how can we find ways to expand that window of tolerance? Kind of, I think we kind of portrayed it with Jen as what if in a moment of challenge with your kid, if you could just press pause. Mm-hmm. So everyone's frozen in the room and you have a moment to be like, whew, whew, okay. Stretch, bring myself back to basics. Okay, is this really that bad? Okay, Mm -hmm. how do I wanna show up? (sighs) Okay, play, Mm -hmm. right? That's what this course is gonna help everyone do. Create that space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Amy, hi Amy, said, how would you navigate being the liaison between your child and their needs and the teacher if they're in an authoritarian model? authoritarian mode how can you support them and be a wing woman that's mm. the that's the work it's going to look so different based on on your kid and the the um are you talking about the the teacher being in authoritarian mode the or teacher? the kid I, I assume the teacher i'm assuming the teacher um but but saying how can i be their liaison right i think it's working ind- individually so separately in, with your kid beforehand mm-hmm. and with maybe that teacher beforehand and saying this is how i'm going to show up mm-hmm. this is what's going on to the teacher Child, what's going on for you? How can I be your advocate? You're going to be a self-advocate someday. So you need to advocate for yourself to me. And I'm going to notice as best I can. And then I'm going to support you in that self-advocacy. It's a co-advocacy, I think, mm-hmm. with schools, with IEPs, mm-hmm. with all of this stuff that we're, we're coming into here with the fall. How can I support you and say, so your teacher representative of this model, this institution, you need these things. Okay. I get it. You want all the kids to be acting exactly the same way, moving at your snap of your fingers. That makes it easy for you guys. That makes it so easy for you guys. I totally get that. Not all kids are the same. All on a spectrum of needs. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm sure that you have every kid's best interest in mind and all of their unique needs, right? Right. So this individual child has these needs. How can we figure out how to get these needs met? This is what we do with a child and a sibling a child and another partner, a child and a teacher, a child and a camp counselor or swim instructor, Mm -hmm. right? We are that co-advocate for them. 
Right. Mm-hmm. I hope that helps a little Someone bit. said, I have parents in town now and they're really struggling watching me parent this way. Forehead oh, slap emoji. Sure. They're like, oh my good dar- garland girl. Are you, you're not doing anything. I don't yeah. see you doing anything. Someone said, I struggle Where's too the with proof? the sense that other adults think I'm not quote doing enough. Okay. There it is. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Everyone feel like the do people don't see it in circling back when things are calmer. Oh my gosh. So much of the work we do here at upbringing and that all of you are doing in your own way, right. In your own time is very invisible. Right. And I think that the model, someone just said that, Oh, Molly just said that it's invisible. Oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I think that it, the, the traditional conventional model of parenting is all about behaviors. It's all about the visible. It's all about what How you does can everything see? look to everyone. Right. Right. Because right. it's easy to control yeah. people, right? When you can see what everyone's doing and measure and standardize, right? Obedience, compliance, all those things are about behaviors, right? Mm-hmm. And then we all start parenting in this new way where we're like, it's beyond behaviors. Thank you, Mona Della Hook. <laughs> we're not going that route anymore. We're actually going to look at the root cause of behaviors, which is underlying needs, mm-hmm. which is nervous systems, yeah. which is attachment and relational safety. Mm-hmm. Um, that is unknown to most people. It's, most people have no idea what's going on. I remember on the first time someone called me laid back and it was sort of like, you're so laid back. Mm. And it was, I was like, is that a compliment? I'm pretty sure they mean, why aren't you hauling them to the bathroom to make them go pee? Why aren't you making them say please and thank you? You're saying it for them. What, mm-hmm. what's going on? You're not making them wear a certain type of pants to go outside. It's freezing outside. What you're so laid back. Right. And I think at first it really ruffled me. And I remember calling you because I was out of town when it happened and just being like, I think people are judging me because I'm doing this incredibly important work and they can't see what I'm doing all around the edges with my influence, with my context building, with my circle back, with my storytelling, with this incredible amount of trust that I have for my child as a valuable, valid, totally independent human being who's going to get there on their own terms, Mm -hmm. as opposed to a little pawn to be manipulated in the name of teaching, socialization and all the Mm -hmm. things. But they don't see that. And it's not like I'm wearing it written on a sweater or something being like working so hard. Don't judge back the fuck off <laughs> yeah. people while meeting family. <laughs> but so it just, uh, we need to do that back the, back fuck, the fuck off, off family. <laughs> but I think, I think that's, I'm something, on it. that's something what we say is I'm chill on out of this. I think when we get those yeah. looks or we get the like, does she ever hear no? Or those things we say, I've got this. And mm-hmm. we project like we try to do with our kids but often can do with in-laws, parents, cousins, neighbors, people at the park. We project this sense of, I am all over this, right? I've got this. Mm-hmm. And it, the, their little comment starts coming in. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. I am right on top of this. It's hard oh, for you to see you. this. Yeah. yeah, this, yeah. I know the way that I'm approaching it might be a little bit different mm-hmm. for you. It's I've thought really, about it a lot. I'm on it. It's really taking our parents and anyone in our, in our sphere and orbit and saying, I'm taking you to a new realm of parenting. Mm -hmm. You've never been there before. Might feel uncomfortable. I'm not Mm going to rub your face in it. There's no shame or blame. Mm -hmm. I'm going to follow you or you're going to follow me. I'm your leader. Mm -hmm. If you want to come my way, if if you're curious, I'm around. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to proselytize. I don't have to convince you or prove anything. Mm -hmm. I'm so confident and clear in my parenting and my relationship with my child that I'm impervious (laughs) to your judgments. Right. And Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to be so confident that you're going to want to know more. You're going to want to come around Mm -hmm. possibly. Right. When you're ready. 
Someone said thoughts on our babies saying quote unquote bad words and name calling. Babes. That's yeah. all good. It's all just symptoms of discomfort. It's symptoms of feelings. They have what we call it in the freedom model that we have on downloadable on our website, the freedom to speak, the freedom to feel. It's very um, developmentally appropriate for our kids to uh, get a little wild and wacky with their words. Mm-hmm. It's all okay. And our job is to say, what's underneath that? I'm going to validate the hell out of that. Mm-hmm. You're frustrated. I'm going to translate. You're mad. You're angry. You wanted this. You mm-hmm. didn't want that. I hear you. The feeling in your spirit and yourself is saying no or yes, or I want, or I don't want. That's good. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to maybe hold the boundary or the limit. Oh, Yes. You're angry at me right now, right? It's so hard to look at our kids' wild words, though. I hate you, mommy, or she's a terrible sister, or this dinner's disgusting, or I'm never going to grandma's, or this homework project and my teacher, blah, 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 is to say, you can't say that. And here's the impact, Mm -hmm. like you said, that hurt her feelings or that hurts my feelings, or I want you to be a sensitive, empathetic, compassionate person. So we have to focus on those words and changing those words. Choose different words, mm-hmm. right? Say something else. Go take some time if you need to, but come back in a way that doesn't trigger me mm-hmm. so hard. Right. And I think it's it's such a countercultural um, perspective, but also soundly rooted in research yeah. to say, I hear that. And instead of focusing saying, on in, the words, instead of focusing mm-hmm. on the words and basically emitting this sort of no, we want right. to hear the words, look beneath those words for what's going on and be emitting Yes. 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 I hear yes. you. That even if we say that's hard for me to hear right in this moment, mm, but I'm, I'm okay. trying to get what you mean. I'm, I'm listening and I'm trying to get below that. Mm-hmm. I'm trying so hard, honey. Right? It's a lot. It's a lot of mental work for us. Mm-hmm. And that's why the taming your triggers workshop is really helpful in this way yeah. too. In these moments when we're like, I am so personally offended. I'm so mm-hmm. personally triggered. This is so worrisome mm-hmm. that my child is speaking this way or saying these things. Yeah. But the work as parents isn't to take this shit personally and to reprogram them to say different things like a parrot, like those little parrots you could program back mm-hmm. in the 80s. Um, it's yeah. to say, let's do the deeper work here, yeah. right? Let's do the deeper work on the self. Let's do the deeper work and focus on self-awareness instead mm-hmm. of the socialization of the words. Yeah. That's going to happen later. They're going to know probably the things they're saying to you at home, they're already not saying other places because they know so they're saying these things at home because they know it's a safe place to let it all out and let it loose and experiment Just like and we express, yeah. right? The shit I say to my husband, I would never say to you, to some random person at the grocery store, yeah, right? To my mother-in-law, I wouldn't say any of that, right? We are our child's safe place. We're not their future professor. We're mm-hmm. not their future salesperson or other yeah. person, we are their partner. We're their first partner. We're setting this blueprint up, right? Yeah. But I think number one thing in terms of self-awareness versus socialization, we lean so hard on must say, must stop saying, mm. must all of those things, that socialization element, because we're so scared or we're so triggered in the moment. And if we can just take that beat to focus on their self-awareness instead, instead, because knowing that if we can key them into why they're feeling that, that inner wisdom and authority, where's that coming from? That's the quickest way to change the words, to change the behavior, to change whatever it is, right? When we shut down our kids' words or behaviors with no more conversation, it shuts down the learning, mm-hmm. right? They might know, really, if that happens, that they are bad, that they're not worthy, 
that you love them less when it happens, but that's really the most that they're going to be learning when we shut those things down. Mm -hmm. So those moments that we can say, I'm going to work on my self-regulation. I'm going to try to lean into this instead of away. I'm going to try to connect instead of correct or control. Those are the times that we can actually make huge strides with our kids by looking inside and by connecting about what they're going through mm-hmm. instead of just focusing on those choppy waves on the surface, right? Go, getting below right. those waves. Those adults that say wild shit mm-hmm. and out, have big outbursts and mm-hmm. treat people like crap, it's not because they think it's okay. They know that shit's not okay. Mm-hmm. It's because they lack the self-awareness and the self-regulation and the self-love to change their words or feel a different way and act a different way. So that's why we're working instead, not on the outer symptomatic words that come later. We're working on the root cause, the early, early fundamental underpinnings of our child saying, I'm going to help you build awareness about your needs. I'm not going to cause shame around these things. Mm-hmm. Someone else said, uh, my kid's been saying, fuck. I'm like, yeah, just be aware that some people might get upset if you say that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Great. Perfect. Yeah. Someone asked, how can you stop taking the shit personally? Asking for my husband. He's so often triggered by our spirited behavior and not listening or doing as he's told. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I would say taming your triggers workshop with Jen is our link in bio would be helpful. We're coming up on a spirited kids course. We're creating one right now. And even a spirited kids guide that help bust those beliefs, right? Especially that those partners have, and that we have in the back of our minds mm-hmm. that say, this is wrong. This has to be shut down. Mm-hmm. They've got to learn, right? We're going to flip all of those with the research and say, this is actually how kids learn. This is actually how we need to show up. Mm-hmm. This is actually how amazing our kids already are, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be okay. Yeah. That is so hard. It's hard feeling not on the same page with the partner we were talking earlier in the video and episode about ways that we can connect with them directly. It's really hard seeing you so, so triggered when... Our son is angry. You know that that's developmentally normal, right? Do you know that the best way to support them so that they'll learn is actually through connection instead of correction? I know, but it's so hard. Do you want to take a course, a parenting course? Do you want to go to therapy with me? Do you want to go to therapy by yourself and work on feeling less triggered? What would help you show up in a way that can acknowledge your power in this parent-child dynamic and the fact that you are working with a tiny human? who has developmental needs that we weren't taught about. It's yeah. not your fault, partner. Yeah. It's not your fault. You're an incredible dad. You're an incredible yeah. mom. We don't know these things. We weren't given these things. It's mm-hmm. okay that we don't know this. Yeah. So what's next, right? Molly, you said, four and a half told daddy today, no one decides what my body does but me. And my husband was like, where is this coming from? And I was like, me? It's coming from me. It's more complicated, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Molly. Yes. Oh, I love it. Someone else asked, how can I manage differences between my husband and my parenting style? He's quite authoritative and I'm gentler. How can I encourage change in him without making him feel inadequate or in the wrong? Just like what we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's okay. I think that the reason that our partners often parent that way is because they do feel inadequate and they know they're wrong already. Just like our kids do when they quote unquote misbehave. They go into child mode. They know that they're not doing what they need to do. They're feeling powerless and helpless. So they go into attack mode and it's so natural and normal. I say, find a way to connect through, find a a safe way to say, I know we want to be on the same page. I know we want consistency for the kids. I know you want their best interests in mind too, Mm -hmm. right? What can we do? Right. 
How can we do this together? Yeah. Check out our Caregiver Clashes what, podcast what episode. Have, what have you been reading, partner? You've been reading yeah. articles? You've been reading books? Do you have any like Instagram pro, pro spanking, pro yelling, pro, pro shaming, pro, pro timeouts, anything like that? You know, I was doing those too. I used to do those and I didn't have any proof either. And then I started reading the research. Oh, it turned my mind upside down. It was so hard. I would love to be in this with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, this it's, is tricky. It's really tricky. Neither of us grew up that way. Oh, let's, let's break these legacies. Right. Just like we want to ally with our kids in these moments where we have competing needs and we have a struggle or a challenge. How can we ally with our partner in the same ways mm-hmm. to say, you, I see your past. Mm-hmm. I see how you're showing up. I see your intention. I mm-hmm. see your love, mm-hmm. right? What can we do? How can we work with that? Right. Yeah. How can I support you? And someone says, I've been reading and listening to so much, but my husband won't. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, this is yeah. whenever Hannah says something like that about her husband, or I would say something like that about my husband, we would always say, that's a great topic for therapy. Yeah. That's a great topic. Yeah. Right. But it's really nice having that safe place to connect and feel like you're getting on the same page. We cannot even just a speak session more highly of it. Yeah, absolutely. Amy, you said, uh, can't speak highly enough of the spirited kids club. If you live these lives, you will love the course. Yay. If you love these oh, lives, these live Q&A's yeah. Right. And live the life of a parent of a right. spirited kid. <laughs> it made right? total sense to yes, me. Yes, totally. Oh, thanks everybody for tonight. Mm-hmm. Any other final questions or concerns? I think, I hope we got to everybody's stuff. It, it all came in really quickly. And so we tried to catch up. So let us know if there's something else that's left for us to, to, um, connect about. Um, I'm melting. I were melting. Yeah. Um, we just want to, to validate what you're doing. You being here, right? You thinking about these things. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible privilege that we have to be able to think and consider how am I showing up? What's going on? Mm-hmm. How's this, this belief, this goal, this role of mine as a parent affecting my child and affecting greater society? How do I want to be rolling? I've got the, a little bit of time, got a little bit of, of wherewithal. Where with <laughs> That's an amazing thing that we could be like Netflix and right now and, you know, doing whatever. And that's okay too. Uh, but we're here and we're talking about this and it's really important. And it's an investment we're making right in, in us, in changing and aligning who we are as people with how we work as parents. So we're aligning that, right. Those values and those practices. And it's an investment with our child, mm-hmm. building that relationship from an early age, not just when things are all peachy keen and we're making cookies and reading and doing all the fun, connective things but connecting when shit goes down also. That's when so much growth and relationship is built as well. And so much skills too. So we're also investing in our kids' skill building and our own. We're all growing up together in this way with our kids in these tough moments. Our kids are calling us in to say, mom, build those skills that you want me to have so much. You gotta have them first so that I can learn through your teaching, implicitly through your modeling. You can't tell me, to be more respectful by yelling at me. You can't tell me or teach me to be more innovative by putting me in a timeout, right? You can't make me feel loving of myself and other people when you shame me, right? The way we teach is what our kids learn. Mm-hmm. It's more than just our intention. We have to think about the way we're teaching them. Yeah. There's so much power in that and yeah. responsibility. Right? And a, a big dose of grace for all of this work too, because yeah. the more we're practicing, the more we're becoming aware and kind of coming into this new space and this new way of thinking and this new way of being in relationship with our kids, 
the more guilt we have, the more shame we have, the more we're wrestling with that misalignment. Mm-hmm. I have these, these new ideals, these values that I'm trying to tether into my, into my reality in okay. a tangible way. And I'm struggling with that. And, and I just want to say, yeah. that's okay. We're, we all struggle. Yeah through every phase of awareness and growth. And that's part of the practice, mm-hmm. right? We can't just decide to parent a different way and it just be that way overnight. This is the practice of working hard and trying to grow up <clears throat> alongside our kids. Thinking about just our kids, they can cognitively know something, how to do something, but to actually physically integrate that into mm-hmm. a way that feels emotionally safe for them, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And the same is with us, with our parenting. We can cognitively know Don't shame, don't spank, don't do consequences, Mm -hmm. don't punish. It's not ideal, but our bodies tell us other things. Our bodies respond instinctually. So we're working against a lot for us and for our kids. Yeah. We have a handful of people who, uh, who are talking about hitting, Mm -hmm. hitting siblings and hitting a way of expressing anger. Hitting is okay. I know we always say hands aren't for hitting. Hands are for hitting, teeth are for biting. Hands hit. Kids kids do all the things and we need to be there close and get there to keep people safe, right? We have a video, a few videos ago on our Instagram account that says, I think it's called throwing shit, right? It's about when kids are being physically violent. It's a little sample from one of our live Q and A's where we talk about that. that Mm -hmm. And ways we can be working around the edges and leaning in to connect instead of correct and control our kids to help reroute those impulses while we're trusting that this is an important part of development and it's all good, right? And that our focus again, like we've talked about earlier in this in this call session live is to focus on the needs, to focus on the feelings, right? Underneath those hitting behaviors, those mean words, right? All of those things, stop those things when we can but our focus is on the self-awareness. What was going on for you? How can I increase you understanding about your needs mm-hmm. and your body so that you're not taken by surprise and end up hitting? What were you needing right. when you hit your brother? Oh, he took that toy. Okay. okay. So should we have some Putting toys that are, together. that are separate for you? What could we do so you're not put in that situation? Mm-hmm. What can we do? Like sometimes when I'm, I feel like hitting or feel like yelling, I feel this tightness in my chest. Do you feel that? So we're cueing our kids into their body signals and thinking and noticing I'm getting ramped up. I might be hitting. Maybe that's a time you could call for me. Mom, I'm feeling like hitting, right? This is adaptive work we're doing in helping not just prevent the hitting, but build their self-concept, their understanding of their needs and another person's needs, Mm -hmm. right? That's the practice. It it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. Just like our kids learning to walk or eat or sleep or anything else. It's an ongoing process, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's not going to look perfect. All of these social skills, the hitting, the the aggression, the the rude Mm -hmm. words, the resistance, all of these habits and and, and routines, right? It takes time for them to want to do it. We want them to want to do it, not because we said so, but because they actually want to. So that's the awareness building we're doing. And just a reminder to basically be trying to achieve the impossible, which is the biggest part of our practice, which is to accept our children for who they are and what they're showing us today. Mm. Whatever it is, that's, that's the beginning of our big work. That's the beginning of the most progress, the most teaching, the most learning that we can do begins with our acceptance of what's happening, of how they're showing up, of what they're throwing at us today. That's the beginning, right? Because if we can accept our kids for who they are or a challenge or a conflict for what it is, we're much more ready to dive in in a positive, productive way to support them, right? That's going to connect us 
not disconnect us, that's going to build their skills, not undermine their skills, mm -hmm. right? That's going to support their self-concept rather than diminish it, right? We want to be empowering our kids, not disempowering them. So how we show up matters and it's all about the beliefs. Is this okay or not okay? It is, it exists. So if we want to work with it, it has to be okay. It has to be okay. It has to be. It's a big, big, big mindset shift, right? Yeah. Thank you all. I think we're gonna, gonna head out. But we really appreciate all of your shares. They make us feel better about our own struggles as well. And we're so grateful to be here growing up with you one conversation at a time. Yes, check out Jen's Taming Your Triggers. It's in our link in bio or show notes if you're listening on the podcast to learn more. Mm -hmm. We're all in this together. We're all growing up together. You're doing an amazing job. You should be really proud of yourself. Your kids are lucky to have you in their lives. We're lucky to See have you here. here.